We began a partnership with White Oak Missionary Baptist Church over on White Oak Church Road. Uh, pastor Tyner, uh, the senior pastor there, he and I have become uh, very good friends. There have been just a number of uh, opportunities for Northwest and White Oak uh, to intersect and uh, be a ministry and a blessing uh, in this community. And we believe that that has, has just begun. Anthony Green. Anthony is one of the associate lay pastors at White Oak Missionary Baptist Church. Anthony gave 23 years of his life to serve our country, uh, for which we're very thankful for that. He was in the Army. He's got a wife that has stood by him for 40 years. She's a special woman to have done any woman that stands by any of us for 40 years, right? That's a special woman. They've got four uh, grown kids and uh, four grandkids. Anthony, welcome here. Thank you, sir. Well, good morning, Northwest. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I bring you greetings in, in the joy of the Lord, of course, and I want to first give honor to my Lord and Savior, who is first in my life. It's by him that we live, we move. We have our very being. And I also want to bring greetings from White Oak Missionary Baptist Church, where my pastor is Reverend Charles C.R. Tyner. We've already been warned. I'm ex-drill son, but you can't get that drill son out of your blood no matter what you try. And so, with that being said, I, when I kind of egg you on, at least give me a response, because I will come down there and drop you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, I did serve 23 years in the, in the military, and I think that's part of God's dealing with me because I deal with all types of cultures. Any culture that you can think of, guess what? They came in the military. And you learn a lot from different cultures. You, first, you've got to learn that even as a drill sergeant, you can learn from other people. Am I right about it? And so... I think God has used that, my military experience, to groom me for what I'm doing now. Amen? And I love the Lord, and I want to thank Brian and Matt and Jerry and all the guys in the leadership of this church to ask me to come and speak. I'm honored by that. I'm flattered because I don't have a, any seminary experience. I don't have a whole bunch of degrees. I don't have any degrees, as a matter of fact. I haven't been to seminary. But there's one degree I do have, and it's called a BA degree, born again. <laughs> Can I get a witness? I've been born again, and I thank God for that. Amen? And I won't be before you long, but they told me I got to stick to the schedule. Can't be over. So if you have your Bibles this morning, I'd like you to open them up to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verses... 1 through 10, and then skipping down to verse 18 through 20. I'll be reading from the King James Version. Don't hold that against me. And if you have it, say amen. And it reads, as they, and, they, and as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead, and they laid hands on them and put them in the hold until the next day, for it was eventide. <clears throat> Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of men was about 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and the elders and the scribes, and Ananias the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, 
and as many of were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And they set them in the midst. They asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Peter, being filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, and by what means he, he is made whole, be it known unto you and all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even him doth this man stand here whole. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I come now as humble as I know how. And first, God, I want to thank you for your grace and for your mercy. I thank you for this awesome opportunity, Lord, to speak your word. I ask right now, Lord God, that you hide me behind your cross, that these, your children, see absolutely none of me and absolutely all of thee. Amen. I would like to speak from a topic, you be you, but I got to be me. You be you, but I got to be me. And for a little background of, of the Acts of the Apostles, the Acts of the Apostles throbs with life and action. In it, we see the Holy Spirit at work. We see the Holy Spirit forming the church, empowering the church, and expanding her outreach. Acts takes up the narrative where the Gospels leave off and then carries us by swift and dramatic descriptions over the early turbulent years of the infant church. It is the record of great transition period when the New Testament church was throwing off the grave clothes of Judaism and displaying its distinctive character as a new fellowship in which the Jews and the Gentiles are one in Christ. Now, as we read, we feel something of the spiritual excitement that is present when God is at work. Am I right about it? At the same time, we sense this tension, somebody say tension, that rises when sin and Satan obstruct. Let's go back to chapter 3. You see, in chapter 3, everybody knows the story. We want to watch how God uses two broke preachers and a crippled man. It was about 3 p.m., when Peter and John went up together to the temple in Jerusalem. And as they approached the temple, they saw men carrying a crippled man to his customary spot at the gate called Beautiful. The lame man had obviously given up hope for ever being cured, so he contented himself to asking for handouts. Now, Peter looked on this man, not as a helpless rich, but as one whom the mighty power of God might be demonstrated. If we're led by the Spirit, God can use us. Am I right about it? And Peter says to this crippled man, look on us only to get his undivided attention. Crippled man, still looking for a handout, gave his attention to Peter. Then he heard an announcement that was both disappointing and thrilling to him at the same time. As far as the handout goes, Peter said to him, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. 
How many of you know that there's power in that name? There's deliverance in that name. Everything you need is in that name. Go ahead and give him a hand praise. A witty old preacher said that crippled man asked for arms and he got legs. Am I right about it? Now, this miracle was performed in the name of Jesus. It was a testimony to the people of Israel that the one they crucified was alive and was willing to be their healer and their savior. This, this miracle was quickly noised about, faster than Facebook, faster than Twitter. Uh, I want to say a little bit about Facebook, you know, <laughs> Facebook's got its good points, and it's got its bad. Am I right about it? For me, it's mostly bad. You know, people are, want to be so social, so needy. I, I just don't get it. I was reading the thing. On, you know, I surf it every now and then. I'm not a, my thumbs are not double-jointed, so I can't. <laughs> I just put it down. Jerry called me the other day. He texted me, and he, he said, well, I want to confirm that you're going to come and preach. He said a few other things. And what did I do, Jerry? I called him. <laughs> I didn't text him back because it took take me too long <laughs> to text him back. <laughs> and so I didn't even bother about texting. And so my point about Facebook is I was looking at an account, and this young lady was all despondent. She was discouraged. She was saying, I can't believe my mom did this to me. Can't believe it. I'm so devastated. I'm so hurt. I'm so, I'm like, you know. Inquiring minds want to know. So she finally gets to the, she ran it on for about at least three minutes. And come to find out, she was so despondent about her mother leaving her the end pieces of the bread of loaf. <laughs> she, I, could you believe that? That's why she, I mean, she was ready to leave home. She was ready to disown her mom. She was really just, my mom just don't love me because she left me the front part and the back part of the bread. Hey, if, you been, if you come up like I came up, those are the best two parts of the bread loaf. Am I right about it? You can make a mighty good peanut butter sandwich with the end piece of the bread loaf. Am I right about it? You ain't got to worry about that bread tearing up because <laughs> it's going to spread that peanut butter. And you can put that jelly on top, and you can have yourself a mighty good sandwich. <laughs> Am I right about it? <laughs> well, you see, I'm talking about these people in Facebook, they kill me with that. I don't understand. Why you got to be so, so, you don't have to know every little thing that goes on in your life. Sometimes you got to keep stuff to yourself. <laughs> Am I right about it? You need to keep your face out of that book and put your face <laughs> in this book. <laughs> You want to know the answer to life is in this book, not Facebook. Amen? Uh, that's a little side status for your entree. <laughs> but anyway, this, this miracle was quickly noised about, and the people came running to Solomon's porch with wonder and amazement. And that gave Peter the opportunity to preach the gospel. So watch what Peter does. He quickly diverts the attention away from the curate man and himself, he brings them to the true author of this miracle. It was Jesus, the one that they had rejected, denied, and killed. God raised him from the dead and glorified him in heaven. Now through faith in him, 
this man had been cured. Talk back to me if you can. Now watch this. Now as Peter was preaching this message of national repentance, here comes trouble in the form of the religious leaders. You got the priest, you got the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees, lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, my. <laughs> the Sadducees, see, they denied the doctrine of the resurrection. This brought the wood to the fire. Am I right about it? Some folks ain't never satisfied with nothing. Some folks just complain about everything. Ask your pastor. Oh, what? Uh. <laughs> you give them a little position and give them a little authority and they just lose their mind. Got all kind of bad attitudes. Am I right about it? You know, I've learned in my life that a, a bad attitude is just like a flat tire. You ain't going nowhere until you change it. <laughs> oh, can I get an amen? You ain't going nowhere <laughs> until you change it. You see, these Sadducees, they denied the doctrine of resurrection. This brought them in open conflict with the apostles. Since the resurrection is foundational to apostolic teaching. Paul teaches us in 1 Corinthians 15 that if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is in vain. Even our faith is in vain. Can I get an amen? See, these leaders resented the fact that the apostles were even teaching the people. They felt like that was their privilege and their privilege only. And they were angered by the claim that Jesus' resurrection from among the dead was the reason this man was cured. If Jesus has not been raised from the dead, then if Jesus has been raised from the dead, guess what? These Sadducees were discredited. Am I right about it? And can you feel the heat? I want y'all to get involved in the story. Can you feel the heat? Somebody say the heat's on. See, they decided to hold these two broke preachers under some sort of house arrest until the next day. Now, the next day, the leaders step in with their power play. And they had the Sanhedrin with them and with the intention of putting a stop to what they considered to be a public noise nuisance. Let's check out who's on the city council. Anybody here on the city council? Is <laughs> Look, the, number one, they had Ananias, the high priest, the one who the Lord had been taken to first. Then they had Caiaphas, the son-in-law of Ananias. Seems like something's going on who presided at the trial of the Lord. Then you got John and Alexander, and the Bible says, whom nothing else is known about. They're just two nosy people. <laughs> Am I right about it? Anybody know anybody nosy? And then you have all who are in the family of the high priest, men of priestly descent. They want nothing but yes men. Am I right about it? Just yes men. Stay with me now. So the trial starts with the question. They ask these two broke preachers, by what power and by what name had they performed this miracle? Guess what Peter does, y'all? He, he steps up boldly, put his big boy pants on, and he first reminded them that they were angry because two broke preachers performed a good deed to a helpless man. How many of you know that when you do something good for God, the devil ain't happy? Am I right about it? Mm -hmm. Peter, Peter delivers a thunderbolt when he says, it was in the name of Jesus whom they had crucified that the man was cured. God raised Jesus from the dead, and it was by his power that the miracle had been performed. Well, you see, the Jews, they didn't have a place for Jesus in their building scheme. 
Y'all talking good? So they rejected him. They crucified him. But God raised him from the dead and exalted him in heaven. How I many you know that that rejected stone became the what? Chief cornerstone. Am I right about it? He's the indispensable stone that completes the structure. He is indispensable. Am I right about it? There is no salvation without him. He is the exclusive Savior. Am I right about it? No other name under heaven given among men for salvation. It is by that name that we must be saved. Am I right about it? Watch this. Watch this. Now, the Sanhedrin, y'all still with the story, right? Watch the Sanhedrin. Watch this. And, they, and they were struck. The Sanhedrin was struck by the boldness of these two broke preachers. They would have just brushed them aside as uneducated and ignorant fishermen from Galilee. But there was something about their boldness, something about their self-control. There was something about their empowered lives, their fearlessness, that made the city council sit back and think for a minute. Can you imagine they sitting back and they thinking, hmm, they've been with Jesus. Am I right about it? These fishermen had been with Jesus. How many of you can testify that when you've been born again, that your life don't stay the same? Come on, talk back to me if you can. Am I right about it? When you've been born again, something changes. Am I right? Uh, you won't go where you used to go. Talk to me right here. You won't talk like you used to talk. Am I right about it? You won't get drunk and high, uh-oh, like you used to. Mm. And you won't shack up. You won't plan no rendezvous. You won't do none of that because, guess what, there's been a change in your life. You've been born again. Help me, somebody. There's been a change. Come on, give me some praise right there. Anybody been born again? There's a change in your life. Watch this. Stay with the story. And watch what these, these do. See, they send the apostles outside to discuss, discuss their strategy. See, because they had a problem. They were losing membership. Am I right about it? You remember on the day of Pentecost, they lost 3,000. Come on, somebody. And a few days later, they just lost 5,000. Oh, they had a problem. Am I right about it? And see, they couldn't punish these two broke preachers for performing an undeniable act of kindness. Plus, here's the kicker. The crippled man was right in the midst. Come on, somebody. You're talking about undeniable evidence. The crippled man was right there in the midst of them. How can they deny it? So you see, they had a problem. Am I right about it? So they come up with this plan. We've got to stop these fanatics from their religious agenda. Because they are threatening our what? Membership. So they decided we need to stop the bleeding. Somebody say stop the bleeding. Uh, they done done a little damage, but we got to stop the bleeding right here. So they told Peter and John, listen to what they told them. They say, stop talking to the people about Buddha, I mean Jesus, about Jehovah. No, what did they say? Stop talking to the people about Jesus in private and in public, somebody say, uh-oh. You know, this is like telling the rain don't fall. <laughs> huh? And I like how Peter and John answered them. They said, judge for yourself whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and which we have heard. 
in our modern vernacular, they would say it like this. You go ahead and be you, but I got to be me. Tell your neighbor, I got to be me. Come on, somebody. I got to be me because I'm born again. Amen? You see, listen, their first loyalty and responsibility is to God, not to man. They had witnessed the resurrection and the ascension of Christ. They had sat under his teaching day after day. They were responsible to bear witness to their Lord and Savior. And if you've been born again, people, that's our lot in life. Amen? Talk back to me if you can. I just come this morning to encourage somebody today that know that the church is under siege right now, right now. And we realize that we must stand up for Jesus just as boldly as Peter and John did. And we need to start like yesterday. Unless you've had your head stuck in the sand, all you got to do is look around at our culture that we live in. It's becoming more and more godless day by day. You got a lot of interfaith movements going on. You got a, all, a lot of all faith movements. All faith leads to God, but we know that's not true. Whole church is becoming apostate, falling away from the truth of God's word. Listen to what 2 Peter 2 and 1 says. It says, but there will be false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privately bring damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them. How many of you know that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun? Watch what 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 through 5 says. It says it like this. Look at this word picture. This know that in the last days, how many of you know we're in the last days? Hmm? That perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unfaithful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Mm. Sounds just like the world we're living in. Am I right about it? See, this culture, they're doing it on the silent tip. This culture, it seeks to silence us. This culture, whether you know it or not, is coming out of the closet. Am I right about it? And it's seeking to push us in the closet. Talk back to me if you can. Our Christian liberties are being slowly eroded day by day. Look at what our culture is doing. It's redefining marriage. We got this black life, white life, all life matters. But let me tell you something. To a Planned Parenthood organization, no life matters. Am I right about it? No life matters. But I'm so thankful to God that 2,000 years ago, come on, somebody, 2,000 years ago, Christ settled the debate because he died on the cross for everybody. Come on, somebody, give him some praise. 2,000 years ago, he settled the debate. All life matters to God. Amen. We got to start being bold, just like Peter and John. Stop getting inside of these walls. This is the only place we want to call on the name of Jesus, right in here. Come on, somebody. Because we feel too uncomfortable. We're not politically correct if we go out talking and speaking and declaring the name of Jesus. Somebody going to be offended. Come on, somebody. And they're willing to take their offense all the way to the Supreme Court. Am I right about it? 
They can talk about their God, but don't you dare talk about Jesus. Huh? Don't, don't bring up that name. You can say God because God can be construed to be any type of God. Buddha got a God. Jehovah Witnesses got a God. Am I right about it? The Mormons got a God. But Jesus says in John 14, verse 6, what does he say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's the only way. Am I right about it? And we got to start declaring that. Stop letting them silence us because they're doing it. Look at what they're doing in our schools. Look at the government. They don't want to pray. You can pray, but don't pray to Jesus. Don't say Jesus. Am I right about it? Y'all talk back to me. I ain't going to drop you right now. <laughs> Come on. I'm here to encourage you this morning. If you've been born again, don't be pushed into the closet. Amen? It's our responsibility. If you love God and you be born again, there's no need to be ashamed of him. Am I right? No reason to be ashamed of God. But some of us, let's be real. I don't want to upset my workplace. Uh, every opportunity you get, I'm not saying you have to go around and try to push Jesus down somebody's throat. But when you get an opportunity, come on, somebody, you're going to have an opportunity. Speak on it. Amen? Let's be bold just like Peter and John. Come on, somebody. I just need a few people that feel just like those two broke preachers that would declare to a world that, that wants to keep us silent. Just tell them, go ahead, you be you, but I just got to be me. Come on, somebody. Tell your neighbor, I just got to be me. I've been born again. I just got to be me. Is there anybody here that's been born again? Hmm? And you're not ashamed to testify. And you don't care who's looking at you. Right in here. You don't care who's looking at you. Hold up your hands and, t- and tell God thank you. Come on, somebody. Tell him thank you. Give him glory. Ain't God worthy? I don't know about you, but the God that I serve, he's worthy. He is worthy to be praised. Come on, somebody. The Bible says you ought to enter into his courts with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Anybody feel like praising him? Hmm? Anybody feel just like praising God? Come on, somebody. Went through a storm just a few hours, about eight hours ago. You all might be messed up, but guess what? You're still here. Come on, somebody. Huh? I don't know about you, but bright and early this morning, through the storm, my God woke me up this morning. Huh? He touched me. He woke me up. I got up. Closed in my right mind. I got physical strength. I can put one foot in front of another one. And can't nobody have to lead me around. Come on, somebody. Huh? God is good, y'all. He's good. He's worthy to be praised. Give him the praise. Give him the honor. No matter who's looking at you. Don't, well, that guy, I don't want to hurt his feelings. Please. Please. Get rid of your feelings and get hurt because I'm not going to deny my God. The word said, if you deny me before men, What did Jesus say? I'm going to deny you before my father. Come on, somebody. And then what it says? So we got to start getting bold. Give him some praise. He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. How many of you know that, you know, there's healing in that name? Hmm? There's deliverance in that name. Joy in that name. There's peace in that name. Come on, somebody. Joy, peace. Can't find it nowhere else. Said I wasn't going to get into these political realm, and I'm not. I ain't got no dog in that fight. But my prayer is whoever ends up being in that position, that the power of God take control of that individual. Come on, somebody. God can move that individual. 
God can make changes in that individual's life. Come on, somebody. He could change their whole agenda. Am I right about it? So we just got to pray for them. I don't know who you're going to vote for, but that's your cup of tea. But I'm getting ready to go to my seat, y'all. But is there anybody that's not ashamed to give God some glory? Give him some praise. Am I right about it? If you really know him, if you really got a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can't hold your peace. Am I right about it? Come on, somebody. You're going to get to shouting. If I get to acting kind of strange up in here, just know that I'm praising my God. I'm giving him the praise. If I get a little loud, I know how to project my voice as a drill sergeant. Come on, somebody. You could be standing over in that corner. I can get your attention because I know how to speak for my diaphragm. I've been taught that. Come on, somebody. But God is good. You ought to use your diaphragm to praise God. Tell God, thank you for all that he's done for you. Come on, somebody. He woke you up this morning. You might have thought that the bell, the, your little alarm clock woke you up. Challenge you to test that. Go to the morgue, that same clock that woke you up, set it beside that dead man and see if he wakes up. <laughs> it's God that woke you up. <laughs> He's the one that woke you up. Come on, somebody. Give him the praise. Give him the honor that's truly through him. I don't know about you, but I can just give my own testimony. Because when I look back over my life, I look back over where I've come from. I should have been dead and gone in my teens, but he kept me. I should have been dead and gone in my 20s, but he kept me. I should have been dead and gone in my 30s, but he kept me. Come on, somebody. I should have been dead and gone in my 40s, but my Lord kept me. He picked me up, turned me around, placed my feet on solid ground. Come on, somebody. Ain't God good? He's good. Come on and give him some praise. He's worthy. My God is worthy to be praised. And when I think about all the good things that he's done for me, my soul, come on, somebody. My soul just want to cry out, glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory, hallelujah. What a God we serve. He's an awesome God. He's worthy of all our praise. Am I right about it? I don't know about you, but when I'm hungry, he's my bread. When I'm thirsty, he's my water. When I need shelter in a time of storm. Come on, somebody. We just went through a storm. Didn't he protect you? Come on, somebody. My God is a way out of no way. Is there anybody here that's not ashamed to give him some praise? Come on. Give him some praise. He's worthy, y'all. He is worthy. He's worthy to be praised. I'm getting ready to go to my seat. Thank God I didn't have to drop none of y'all. Because you talk back to me a little bit. I appreciate that. Thank you. But there's a roll call through the Bible. And I learned this from Pastor Anderson a few, a few years ago. And each one of these people in the Bible, I guarantee you, if they were here, they would give God the praise. They would tell God, you know what? I'm so thankful that you died for me. I'm me because of what you've done for me. Amen? Come on, somebody. And I know I got a few Bible readers in here. All right? Do I have any Bible readers? Raise your hand. Bible readers. All right. That roll call goes a little something like this. He's Adam's redeemer. He's Abel's vindicator. He's Abraham's sacrifice. He's Noah's ark. He's Moses' bush on fire. He's Gideon's fleece. He's Joshua's battle axe. He's Samson's strength. He's David's music. He's Solomon's wisdom. 
He's Jeremiah fire, shut up in my bones. He's Ezekiel's wheel in the middle of a wheel. He's Malachi's unchanging God. He's Matthew's king. He's Mark's suffering servant. He's Luke's doctor. He's John, word made flesh. He's Acts, poured out spirit. Don't you know all God got to do is breathe on you. All God got to do is fill you with his Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Ain't God good? He's a good God. He's worthy. Come on. If you're not ashamed, why don't you stand to your feet just for about 60 seconds and give God some praise? Come on. Stand up to your feet. Tell God, thank you. My God is worthy. Come on, somebody. He's worthy to be praised. Give him the praise. Tell God, thank you for all that he's done for you. Thank you, Lord. I thank you that you've been mighty good to me. Thank you that you woke me up this morning. Thank you that you started me on my way. Thank you, Lord. I want to thank you. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You've been good to me. I can't deny you. I know too much about you. Thank you. You've been good to me. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Ain't our God good? Now you can sit down. Now the worship team is going to take over. I thank you for your time. Our God is an awesome God. We got to stand up. Don't be pushed in the corner. Be just like Peter and John. Declare the name of Jesus. May God bless you.